You are now listening to the High Def Performance Podcast, hosted by Mitch Harb and Zach Smith. Yeah, we're already recording. Oh, oh man, the volume's a little high there. Nah. Hope, hope you guys can hear. Hope you guys can hear. <laughs> <laughs> After I just blew out your eardrums. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, I was. I just wanted to start out. First of all, we've got these in front of us. I guess we could just start it this way because this is fine. We've got these uh, things called recess in front of us. And see, I told you this is this is a zero proof margarita. So it's, essentially, this is what I was telling you. Me and Mitch were having an argument earlier, and Mitch was saying that fake beers, or not fake beers, but no, I'll call it <laughs> beers were taken off. Fake ass <laughs> And I was saying, I don't think it's think fake beers. I think it's mocktails. And so basically, we've got this thing. It's called Recess. I've actually had a couple of these. They're pretty good. Have you had this flavor? This one, uh, I think I had the pink one, but I might have had this. No, I think I did have this one. No, you didn't. This is the margarita um, one. Hemped. Hemp and adaptogen infused sparkling mocktail with lime and agave. So this is basically like... This is taking off. I don't know if anyone that's listening to this is following this, but these these brands that are making these mocktails and you know non-alcoholic beers. But I, when I think of non-alcoholic beers, I always think about like O'Doul's, right? <laughs> Which is not good stuff. Well, but that's that's why it's so interesting. Being our age, I feel like is that was like like you were everyone would like that was a diss. You're like, what are you drinking? Are there O'Doul's? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so like these are like more of like a step above that. Like a, a little bit of like a higher class version is is kind of like these mocktails where because you're supposed you know, to get a feeling from these still, right? Uh, I'm gonna try one. I can't. I can't imagine that you are. But I guess it has hemp extract. But it's not like it has THC in it. No, it's just no. Like, but it says a calming feeling. Maybe just because of the natural ingredients in it or something? Well, yeah. L-theanine eases tension and brightens the day. Yeah, but I've taken I feel L- it getting brighter. I've taken L-theanine in like fairly large doses and I feel like... Hemp extract balances the mind. My body is center. <laughs> I like it. Go. I mean, it tastes good. I mean, it's like if you're used to drinking like cocktails and you don't want to drink cocktails, this would be a perfect... Like if you just looked at this in a cup, for, for those of you guys, obviously you can't see it. We've got on ice with a thing of lemon. They gave us like we were at Fit Bar and uh, Fit Bar and Renton, and they gave us this whole hookup of of like the the mocktail cup. And like I could see, you know, like going over to the to the boardwalk that like dock and drink over there and having something like this instead of having like a mocktail. Dude, and- here's my thing with it: is I am so against just having one or two drinks these days because. It's like I don't get a buzz, and I have a little slight hangover as well. So <laughs> yeah. I would much rather have this. Yeah, but you know how I think about it though, and and we kind of figured this out with the um, with the uh, seltzers and stuff. Is like you don't feel as bad the next day, but like with these, what what I've figured out, like with a cocktail, is like I'll sometimes just have one cocktail, and I'll just do one. And it's good because it gives you just that relaxation. I'm not really going for a buzz. I'm just trying to like be relaxed after a long day. And so what I found is like, especially like tonight on a Friday, I'm going to go home, probably have one cocktail and it'll be like, it's just caught. It like gets my mind to stop being like racing. So if you could get that from like something like this, then it's like, okay, maybe you don't need the alcohol. If this is, if, if this has got that same effect, because like if, if you're like me, 
I don't know if you if you have the same thing. Like I get home and I'm still like thinking about work, thinking about the things I've got to do. Like it's just constantly a grind. So like sometimes I can just sip a cocktail, you know, and I try to go like fairly spirit forward because then I don't get a hangover. You know, just some whiskey, a little bit bitters, ice, maybe a cherry in there, and it's just like. I sip on it over a period of time and it just kind of like helps to relax. So it's like, if you could get that same experience with, with these, then, right. then I think it, that would be awesome. But also like, you know, like think about a networking event where it's like, Oh, you know, you have two beers, maybe three, just because they're like provided and you know, you didn't get really much of a buzz, but at least for me, if I would have drank like two, three IPAs, like, Oh my God. Yeah. You feel, feel like, horrible. The next yeah. Day. I, and yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't even like, I didn't get the benefit either. So yeah. and I guess that kind of brings up a point of like, like people who drink to get drunk and, and feel that buzz or people who just drink like a glass of red wine at night to be relaxed. And I think those are two different categories of like social, like things you're trying to go after, right? Because it's like sometimes I just want to go and hang out, watch a Netflix show, and just drink a little bit of red wine and just feel relaxed. But then obviously you go out for like a New Year's party and you're like, oh, I'm going to drink a little bit more, have some beers, whatever, and and kind of go a little bit more. And I never go to the point where I used to go in like college where I'm like hurting the next day because it's just not like to me it's just not worth it to drink to the point where it like it like negatively negatively impacts you the next day um and but i feel like it's less and less these days that I was it takes say, to get there that's what i'm saying is now i'm negatively impacted after three drinks like i just didn't sleep as well you know i can still function but it's just like ah, i don't i feel off i'm a little tired whereas you know, or if I go on a date or something, I'd rather have two of these than two drinks. But I feel like there just wasn't ever like a uh, uh, like industry for it. Yeah, you know? but I feel like there's there is something to be missed with these, which is like I, I don't know if you feel like this, but like for example, when we went to our conference at PPS in Denver, it's like you have a couple of drinks, you get a little bit looser, you're like able to talk. It's like it's like a social lubricant. I've heard a lot of people explain it that way, and and some of my favorite business people out there always say like the best deals are done after the conference, you know, at, sitting at the bar. And and it's not like I'm trying to encourage people to go drink to have to have these conversations. Like that's it's probably not like a healthy way to think, but it definitely works. Like if, if you're naturally not like a super talkative person, it's just like, like I'll drink an energy drink before I get on one of these podcasts because my energy is so much higher. I talk with more, with more passion. I talk faster versus yeah. like if we did this and it was like, you know, 9am in the morning, haven't had any caffeine and it's just like hard to get going. Mm-hmm. And so they, these are tools I think you can use, but you have to use them wisely and you have to figure out kind of what you want out of it. And so like, if you really don't like feeling hungover and you just want to sip a cocktail and not feel bad the next day and potentially based on these ingredients actually feel better the right, next day, right. uh, then this, like these mocktails are like a crazy good idea. And I think more bars will probably start to carry them. I think yeah. the business is good. The margins are probably really good on them. Like they are alcohol because it's not any like harder to get um, you know, like they like yeah. you know it's not it's not expensive stuff. I don't know if I agree with the non-alcoholic beer because 
I don't like the taste that much. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> if I'm going to drink an IPA, I'm going for a reason. Like, I'm not just like <laughs> sipping IPA for the taste necessarily. No. Like, some people are, but I, I used to, I got on the IPA train and I'm so far off the IPA train that you couldn't even get me back on the IPA train. Yeah. Like, I'll sip one, like a good one, like a Bodhisattva or something like that. But I'm really not for the like super hardcore, like everything you get in Seattle breweries. Hardcore. So I always love when I get to a brewery and they're actually, uh, you know, serving like other stuff besides IPAs. Cause dude, I've been at a few breweries these days where it's like, all they have is that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? Like, you mean there's nothing else that I can have on this menu? Like, nope. It's just IPAs. So like, I'm, I'm kind of happy that, you know, that there's, when I get to somewhere, there's more choices. And then I imagine for people like, like for Eliza, you know, if you're pregnant or even if you're not pregnant, but like, you know, she's been drinking mocktails at all these re- restaurants we've been going to and she wasn't on the mocktail train for a long time. She only wanted water or soda water or whatever. Yeah. And then finally I had her try a few mocktails and they actually just made her a margarita at, at this new restaurant that we went to. And she's like, wow, this is, it's really good and it like tastes fresh, like refreshing. And it's got like, it had this cucumber stuff in it and like, it Looks was really fun. tasty. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, and, and it feels more sociable, right? Like, mm-hmm. cause if I'm drinking a, uh, a whiskey and she's drinking a glass of water, it's just like, we're yeah. not really out on a date hanging out. Like I'm drinking and you're just sitting there watching me drink. That's what it feels like. But when she's right. sipping a mocktail, I'm like, Oh, we're out together. So it's like, it makes it a little bit more easy, I think, on both parties of someone who's not going to be like in that social event, you know? Well, that's the coolest part about going out for drinks nowadays, at least for me, is like, ooh, look, what'd you get? Oh, what? Yep. They, how'd they make it? Oh. Yep. And especially if you go to a good cocktail bar that has that stuff. Right. Yeah. And so now you can do it with mocktails yep. and, and feel good, not make poor choices. And, you know, like I, I think it's a cool, healthy way of going out where I think that it's cool to see it getting bigger because before, at least for me, it, it felt like there was no other option. You know, if, if I want to have a good social time, like yep. I got to put down a few drinks. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. But it's interesting. Cause this kind of like ties into one of the other topics and I'll kind of just transition into it now is it's interesting how things like this that are healthy are getting way more popular, Yeah, but also things that are like, like kind of ridiculous in my opinion are getting like, like health hacks are getting more popular. So it's, it's weird how like something that's actually healthy gets popular. Like, like for example, like where I'm going with this is the Ozempic weight loss drug. Oh, yeah. like it's so interesting to think that like a mocktail that replaces something that's unhealthy is on the rise. But at the same time, this drug that basically makes it so you don't people perceive that you don't need to exercise and eat healthy is also on the rise. It's like, right. it's so counterintuitive to me. And you think everything's going in one, the right direction. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, but, it's like eh. but both things are ascending at the same rate. It's yeah. like, it's, it's crazy. But like this, I don't know if you, have you looked into the Ozempic drug a lot? No, recently? I just listened to that. Someone Podcast. talk, talk yeah, about it. My first million. Yeah. So, so basically I, I've been kind of looking at it cause I've heard a couple of my patients taking it and I'm like kind of interested in it. Actually and, and Elon said he was taking it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it basically it's an injectable drug. Well, I don't want to go into like there's you can if you want to hear about like what it does, I'm sure there's like you could go listen to Andrew Huberman and you'll learn a lot more about like what the actual drug does. But I want to like talk more about the psychology of it, which is like it's interesting because the prescription of it, I believe, is like five hundred dollars a month. Right. Or it could be more, depending on your insurance. And I don't even know if it is insurance covered, I would doubt it. If you don't have a medical condition, especially if you're just trying to lose weight. Like right. if you have obesity or, or diabetes, maybe it will. 
But it's like, it's interesting to me because that $500 could get you literally a personal trainer and a gym membership and maybe even a, like a, a person who, let, like you could almost, for 500 bucks, you could probably find someone who will wrap up like your training and your nutrition coaching into one and they'll call you every week and yeah. talk to you about your nutrition and your diet. And it could probably cover your gym membership, especially if you go to like somewhere like a, a big box gym that's like a $35 gym membership. And so for the same money, you could get the real result, which is like, because this drug isn't going to help you build muscle mass. It's not going to help you build bone density. It's not going to help you with heart disease necessarily. Like, right? Like, you are going to lose weight, which might have that byproduct of helping with heart disease or helping with, helps reduce diabetes. So I think it's good in the right case, right? Yeah. Like, it seems like a good option for obese people. Yep. To do alongside both. Well, especially maybe if you have, or, or maybe if you're starting out and you just need to lose some weight to like, get to a point where you don't have such high like level pain moving around where you can get into the gym or if you have really uncontrolled diabetes, your blood sugars really wreaking havoc on your system. But it's like, but I think, I think, you know, diabetes is a medical condition, obesity. Now, like it's a medical condition for sure that, yeah, you should use these interventions for, but on top of, the other stuff, right? Yeah, because and I, and I do want to preface this is not medical advice. We're not right, telling you to go use right. it, but like if it, like it would be worth it to look into these for sure. But like my point is, like if you had five hundred dollars to spend, mm. don't do like the drug. The problem with the drug is like you spend five hundred dollars a month for the rest of your life, and then the problem is the studies show that if you stop doing those right. those things, you gain it all back. Right? Yeah, you get well, like at least two thirds. But like, I think most of these studies are actually showing like that's that's like in a short period of time. I imagine most of these people are going to gain back all of the weight, right. if not because they don't have any, if not even more, because we know that from like that's like the biggest loser studies, right? Like people right. people lose a ton of weight, they gain it all back plus more on top of that, and so like that's what I see going on with this same. Th- Thing with like the ozempic weight loss drug is like that's all that's going to happen is is people who get off this or can't afford it anymore you can't afford five hundred dollars right. whereas like you could take that five hundred dollars and you could use it towards a gym membership you could use it towards a personal fitness coach you could use it towards a nutrition coach or a life coach or something or therapy like mental therapy like right like there's so many different ways you could use that five hundred dollars but that's the that's the interesting thing about like that whole like business side of like perceived value versus perceived loss of time. It's like the $500 because it's, you're almost losing zero time because instead of having to go to the gym for an hour a day for four days a week and talking to a personal trainer on the phone for 30 minutes a week and, and having to like restrict your calories, it's basically like, oh, well, I don't have any perceived loss of anything except money. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm willing to do that versus like I could spend this 500, probably get a way better education that will on, on what I need to do fitness and nutrition wise, which will last me a lifetime. But it's difficult. There's a perce- yeah, exactly. And it's like it goes into that same topic that we talked about a few weeks ago with uh, Jeff Moore, where we said, you know, it's like choose your heart. Yeah. That same thing goes not just for people who are professionals. It's like it's the same thing. Choose your heart for weight loss. It's like, you know, being out of shape is really difficult. Like I, I think about that. That's what's actually been motivating me lately because I've been working out way more consistently. Is I'm like, look, look, it, it's hard not feeling good about myself physically, mm-hmm. but it's also hard to make the time to work out. Which, Which hard do I want to choose? And and I've now chosen the other hard where it's like, yeah. it's hard to wake up early and get the workout in or work, work out at the end of my day before I go home. But like today I will get the work in before I leave. I'll do something like I have to do something. And, and so that's, that's kind of like the thought of this is like, it's just another 
external fix to an internal problem to me. Right. It's just like, it's like we talk about in physical therapy. It's like everyone wants to come in for the massage, like come for the massage, stay for like the life-changing exercise. And, and to me, this is that same thing where it's like everyone wants this in this external fix where it's like, it's like massage. Like you just go and lay down on a table. It doesn't require you to do anything, but mm-hmm. show up and lay down. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, Fitness, improving your fitness to reduce your pain versus massage to reduce your pain, it requires you to do something of yourself. Like, I have to move the weights. Like, the physical therapist can't move the weights for you. And that's why, like, everyone wants these e-stim devices to work where it's like, oh, we put all these electrodes on your body and you work out for 15 minutes, but you get the same value of a 45-minute workout. Right. It's like, it, it, that's not true. Right. It just doesn't work. Like, you can't cheat the you can't cheat the game here on this, yeah. on this fitness journey. And I, so I think... To me, this is just another one of those things, but I also hope that it really helps people that need it because I think there is a certain subset of category of people that that really do need this and it's really going to impact their life. The thing that I see this working more for is like what they're saying is like a ton of Hollywood celebrities that are taking it and it's just the next like cryo fat burning device or this and that that right. like does or doesn't have results. And, and so to me, that's kind of what this is. Yeah, I agree. It's... You know, it's the magic pill. And number number one, well, like we don't know much about it, so you don't know if there's going to be any side effects, and that's the hard piece that I see. Well, right? I would love to, and I mean, I don't want to get canceled and talk about people not wanting to take a certain thing, but it's like there's probably some people that are taking this that wouldn't take another thing that just got recommended recently right. that didn't have any long-term data on it, right? So it's like... Right. It, you know, if you want to be a guinea pig, that's fine. Like I've done it in certain instances, but like I'm, you know, 20 pounds over the weight that I want to be. I w- wouldn't even think about considering this to try to get there no. because it's just really not what's going to make me feel good anyway. Plus, like you don't improve any muscle mass. Like the benefit of working out is like you lose weight and you increase muscle mass. So like even just from doing like the 12 workouts that I've done in the last like three, four weeks, I already feel the difference in like the ten the like the size and like the the like shape of my muscle that I already feel better about myself even though I haven't lost any like fat necessarily like I just look better because like I'm already like my muscle is just has a a better baseline resting activation so it's like I just have a better shape already right so I think you miss that with with this drug well Um, and and that's a good good segue into uh Goggins book yeah, I was about to try to hit that segue. Too. You st- <laughs> I got one good segue, but you, you stole the second segue. I'll let you segue on. Well, I mean, it, it just really, everything we were saying reminded me of it. And so the book's called Never Finished. Which I have downloaded. And I'm, and I'll t- we, the next thing is like the books that we're, we're enjoying. It's a long book, right? Like 12-hour audio? Is it? I want to say, I'll look it up right now, but but go on. It wasn't that long. Like it, I mean, I flew through it. It was, it was very interesting just because... It talks about his stories, but the basis is like you, you get soft, right? Like the mind is just like a muscle where you, you do these hard things, but the second you stop doing them, you, you, you soften up and it becomes harder. And that's what, that's what, uh, this drug reminds me of. And that's what like, I, that's what like your, your fitness journey reminds me of, right? It's like the second yeah. you stop doing it, you soften up and, and it becomes easy to make excuses. Dude, that, and I tell people this and it's so sad, man, because I used to be a tough mother, dude. Like I, dude, I used to be able to push myself to the end of the earth. Like, 
Like that, like, I mean, I jumped, I long and triple jumped for like six months with four fractures in my back. Like I could go through some serious pain and I could take myself to these like depths during workouts. Like I would, I would tell, I told a patient this the other day, like when I was in college uh, running track, some of our workouts, they were so physically hard and demanding at high altitude. Dude, I'd be puking. I'd puke. And we have a 20 to 30 second rest between 200s. I'd be puking. And then the coach would say, all right, on the line, five, four, three, two, one, go. And I would have just been puking like the whole break. And then I'd get back on the line and run just as hard. And then finish that one, puke. And I would just, dude, I would just do this And that forever. feels foreign now. Yeah, and I would go to like where my eyes, my vision started closing down into like I, where I could only see in tunnel vision and my face would tingle. And like I would do, I would, I would push my body to the limit. Yeah. And then I, I, the patient was like, oh, nice. So now can you still do that? And I was like, not even close, <laughs> right. dude. I was like, I Feels struggle. Like another person. I, yeah, I struggle to even want to hold a plank for more than a minute because I'm like, dude, this actually kind of hurts. My brain wants me to give up. So that is one of the things that I've wanted to do. And, and that's where I think that the train like an athlete f- philosophy is interesting because that really brings back the like, you're not just working out to work out because if you're just working out with no goal and no mission, you're not trying to train, then you're just going to give up when it's hard or you're just going to mm-hmm. be like, like how many times have you been at the gym? Maybe you haven't done it, but I've done it where I'm like, yeah, I got one more exercise, but I feel like that was pretty, pretty good. I'm just going to go home. It's like in yeah. training, it would have never happened. It was like, dude, you have 10, two hundreds and you got to run them all in 25 seconds. You got 30 seconds between and there's no like it's not like oh I got to six and that was good it was like because well, it's like you do you want to win better, or lose yeah you you better right? puke and keep on going because we said ten and that was how the weight room was too it was like dude like I got to sign 300, 300 sit ups two hundred push ups a hundred pull ups it was like dude you don't leave the gym until this is done and that's that's kind of like the mentality that I'm trying to bring back to my own training is like train like an athlete like you have something to to do because. It's it, that mental conditioning piece is a huge piece of the workout because if you can mentally condition yourself to do hard things in the gym, then you can do hard things everywhere else. And so that's where I'm trying to get less soft, dude. Because and I know I can do it because I used to be, I used to be really, really tough, like well, mentally. Well, the the tricky part is, like like back then, that was required for what you wanted. Yep. Whereas now. It's not necessarily right. Yeah. And that's a tough part. And that's the tough part I struggle with too is like I notice myself being like, uh, I don't have to work out today. Like, yeah. what do I get out of it? Yep. I I'm I already feel like I'm in decent shape. So that's kind of what the book is about. Like that's why Goggins would do these hundred milers. He actually got up to like the two twenty milers yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yep. Because he was like, you know, I just got too cush. Yep. Where I didn't, I didn't, I had money. I didn't need to be doing this stuff, mm-hmm. but he's like, that's I, why I started doing the fire jump, uh, the fu- like firemen, like digging trenches for fires, yeah. the back country woods. Yeah. Smoke yeah. jumper stuff. And that, that's an interesting thing. And maybe we need to take ourselves to a, our, like, I remember what got me out of my comfort zone was right before COVID when we signed up for that triathlon. I was like, Oh crap. Now I got to start actually training. You have to. Yeah. Because like the, the only person that knows that you didn't train is you. And then once you get to that event, it's like the you don't finish because you didn't train. Like you can't, you have to quit during the swim and get pulled out of the water because you didn't yeah. train to do it. Exactly. And so I think like thinking like that, but but also I've got a higher purpose now where I'm like 
I got to train like an athlete because my body will feel better. Like I, I would imagine somewhere out there, like anyone who has low back pain that's under 50 years old, I would imagine your back pain would be drastically reduced if you just started training like an athlete, like you started sprinting, you started, you know, pushing sleds and you started, you know, gradually picking up heavier and heavier things. Mm-hmm. I think that over time, your back pain will go away. Cause I remember when I was having back pain in college, like I didn't have any back pain ever, even though I had a history of fractures and all this stuff while I ran track and never had any back pain. And then went to PT school and ironically got low back pain just from sitting for so long. And then it was like, finally I got out of college and I started like running and sprinting again. And what do you know, back pain went away when I started like sprinting. Like when we were doing those workouts at Tahoma and we were like in the early days, I had to have sprinting at the track and doing all these things like that was, yeah. that was gone. And then all of a sudden we opened up all these clinics and I worked a lot more from my computer and I'm at home and not as active. And what do you know, back pain is back. So it's like, I, I think that there's a lot of purposes to it, not just that, but like, feeling athletic feels nice and if you've never felt athletic you wouldn't know but like it feels a lot worse to not feel athletic (laughs) after you felt athletic because like i don't know how to describe i don't know how would you describe that sensation of like athletic it's like you know like the little things like stepping down from like a three-foot wall and you feel like you can actually like catch yourself and stop yourself or or like stepping up to something high or like almost tripping and falling and catching yourself like there's a lot of things that happen during the day where you're just like dude I didn't feel or like someone you just randomly go out and throw a football with somebody and they throw a little too far and you have to like kind of run for it and you're like oh that didn't feel good when I tried to run for that it's like Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel that way especially you know we're still you know in our 30s so yeah keep this body going so so that's kind of my new motivation for training and then along with that is kind of like the cardiovascular benefits which is like the the longevity piece of it right Mm -hmm. yeah and i think you have to do whatever it takes to make it a non-negotiable for you so like with with goggins it's like he made himself this person so i'm this person that does this i don't have to do it but he said to himself I'm not going to be someone who talks about what I used to do or, or I'm just not going to talk about it anymore. I'm going to either be doing that and man, reading it, I was just like finding myself think about all the excuses I've made in, in different areas. And I was like, yeah, I can't do that. And one really cool excuse or practice that he had was anytime he felt himself making excuses or complaining, (laughs) he would film himself talking about those I saw you post about this dude that has changed the game for me because (laughs) I'll be like and I've never actually filmed it but I'll picture myself like I don't want to get out of bed you know what you should do is like you should actually film one of those one day and just post it on IG (laughs) here's the little bitch Mitch talking about exactly (laughs) I'm like oh my god dude get your ass up you know and like anything throughout the day I remember like even like certain tasks, I'm like, ah, it's raining outside. I, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, dude, give me a fucking break. Like, I know. just go do it. Yep. No, it's, and it, it gets easier and easier, man. The, the more money you make and the more like you find success, it's harder to get yourself back down into the trenches of like hard work. It's the same thing as like working in this company is like, you know, oh man, I don't want to do that. That's like, I used to do that and it used to be hard. And now I got to go do it again. It's like, well, just do it. Like, you know, it's like you expect other people to do these things. You got to do them for yourself. And so I think that's, that's an important piece of it. And it's not just fitness, but I think like that book seems like it goes, it spreads the whole variety of like, you know, it's everything is hard. 
like literally yeah. it's hard to be bad it's hard to be good it's hard to be it's hard, it's really hard to just be stationary too so don't see yeah. everyone's seeking like i'm gonna find this easy path yeah but there is none so don't even like don't even think about that well i always liked what gary v said too about like at least in the career field is like every career is a treadmill you just got to find the treadmill that you like to be on everyone thinks they're going to get into this like space where they're like I mean, there's probably a very select few people that find something where they're just like, oh, it feels like... Like just bliss all day. Like yeah. You're like laying on a cloud. Like exactly. Just, like there might be a few people that find that, but it's like, uh, you there's know... There's always going to be aspects that aren't though. I oh, guarantee yeah. it. Well, guaranteed. Like, I mean, everyone, like you look at a guy like Jeff Bezos, owns Amazon, best company in the world, richest man in the world. I bet his day was hell. Yeah. And, and But it's like also the checker at Safeway, their day might be hell because they might want more, be bored or like doing the same repetitive task and, or it might be challenging in its own way, right? So it's like there's your job and your life is always going to be hard. It's going to be hard not to be fit. It's going to be hard to be fit. You may as well just choose which path you want to go and just go down that path because it really is, it, that's all it is. It's like just choose a path. All of them are hard. Just go down one and start doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, you know, I, I would rather choose the the hard and rewarding versus hard and like f- looking down on myself and feeling bad at the end of the day. So that's, sure. that's kind of where I'm at. By the way, that book is 11 hours and six minutes. Really? Is he that does, pretty long? He kind of does his books. Yeah, that's a pretty long I think one. he does like extra stuff on there though. He usually makes them like a podcast where he does yeah. like, th- at least the last book I really liked because there was like some added stuff in there where like yeah. the the editor of the book would ask him questions between like to clarify things. But why does he, he like not narrate between. the book, dude? I think it's because he says he doesn't, he he's not like good well. at reading. Yeah. So, yeah. so like I like the guy, is it the same guy who read his other book that reads this one? I Cause that guy was that I, I liked that guy. And, uh, I guess I can't like somehow you can go in there and see usually the details of the person that read it. Uh, what like I'd have to look at both. Yeah. Adam Skolnick. Yeah. So that, that guy read his last book. I actually liked that guy. And that's the guy who interviews in between chapters too. Yeah. That, that guy's kind of like the business and like editor side of Goggins. It's like basically that guy takes Goggins and like refines him into like the machine of like motivation that he is or, you know, inspiration that he mm-hmm. is. So that's an interesting book I'm reading right now. I'm, and it's dude, it's like just down that exact same path. So basically I'm doubling up on this. I'm reading the, the book grit by Angela Duckworth, I read that. which is, which is a really cool book. And it's, it's basically the same idea, man. It's like the, they, they took kind of talk about like success in careers and success. Like it, it, a lot of it was phased through the military, like studying who was like going to be successful at West point. Did you get to the Pete Carroll part yet? I'm in the Pete Carroll part right now, but it's cool. like the grit is just like, it's a different factor. And I took the grit test. It's cool. That's free online. You guys can go and find the grit test by Angela Duckworth and see what your grittiness level is. And it's, it's a cool thought because it's like, you don't actually need the skill. You just need to like pursue things relentlessly. And so I love that idea because it's like, it makes you feel better where you're like, wow, there is like a lot of research to show. Like, I don't actually have to be the best like business owner. I don't have to be the best PT. I don't have to like be the best, like gifted wise, like whatever quote unquote you call gifted. You just have to be the hardest worker and then learn from what you're working from. I think is like the next piece of that. Maybe that, maybe they don't talk about in grit. Um, I haven't gotten through the whole thing yet, but like, I think that's an important piece of it too. It's, it's not just putting in relentlessly hard work, but you have to like still look back and reflect on what improve you did and then it. improve upon it. Yeah. yeah. Cause if you just do the same thing over and over again, then that's not going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that relentless pursuit, but then also being like, um, 
being ruthless at auditing yourself and saying like, what's working, what's not working, what do I need to improve? Um, and I think that's where the game change happens. And, and I've already seen it in my life with this new scheduling thing where I'm like, I'm auditing what I'm doing. And I, I've already feel like I've become a better father. I've become a better husband. Cause like, for example, on Wednesday nights, I'm blocked out from five o'clock on my schedule till night is our family night. So I'm like, I'm leaving the gym at four fifteen to get home by that. And I've been doing it every time now, every Wednesday, it's been three Wednesdays. I've been hitting that time. And I feel like it's just like setting those, those, those you, don't, you don't feel like, you don't feel like I've, I am not getting anything done anymore, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're still getting everything, the same amount done. Yeah, I'm just getting it done faster because I'm not dicking around talking to people here. I'm like, on Wednesdays, I know I got to leave at 4.15, so I got to bust my ass to get my stuff done because I got to get out of here. It's a non-negotiable that I leave here by 4.15 because with traffic, it's going to take me, you know, it gives me a little bit of breathing room to get home by 5. So that's kind of where I'm at in, in my journey is like, like, non-negotiable on everything, right? Like non-negotiable on my schedule, non-negotiable on, on working out, non-negotiable yeah. at being a good dad and a good husband. Like, th- like it's so important to just set those because it's so easy if you put, if you just say like, oh, I think I'm going to work out today. It's like, oh no, I'm not. Cause now it's on my calendar. And, and when I move it, I got to slide it somewhere else. I'm not deleting it. I have to yeah. like, oh shit. Like, like, like today I have a workout. I'm like, oh, I could slide. I'm fine being flexible. Like I'm okay sliding it around as long as I don't have to move something else. That's also non-negotiable. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't care if I do it at two 30 or if I do it at three 15, but I know I got to leave here by a certain time or whatever. So that's kind of what I've been working on too, is, is the, that non-negotiable strategy of, of those things as well. And another thing that I learned or I guess was reminded of in that Goggins book about the non-negotiable stuff is I was getting into this mode of like, of like, well, you know, I don't feel the best, so I should probably, you know, take a nap today or sleep in a little bit today or not work out today. And I, he really hit on this point of like, the non-negotiable stuff has to get done whether you feel good or not. And if you fucking... Get, end up getting sick like you get sick right like that's what it is you'll get through it like he's gone through so many injuries and so much problems have happened yep. but it was non-negotiable for him and he is where he is because of that and so i was like yeah you know like you just have to do what you set out to do yep. and let everything else happen you can't just be like oh today i'm a little tired so i i won't work on this or well here's a good example like i just had a big old tree fall in my backyard and i've I've been doing a ton of peloton which is like a lot of flexion position i have a history of a disc injury and then like this big tree fell i had to lift a bunch of rocks had like and it was sore then that really just set it off like lifting these 100 pound stones and it's like i'm getting up in the morning and my back's like i don't know six or seven out of ten pain like it's really i can't hardly bend forward and all this stuff so i started getting pt here with one of our pts andrew and he showed me some exercises and, and you know, it's like, that's also a point that we can make too, is like, just cause I'm a PT doesn't mean I don't need help from another PT because I wanted someone else's perspective on what I should be doing. So he showed me some stuff and I'm like, listen, I still got to do my workout regardless if my back hurts or not, but I'm not gonna be stupid and just go do stuff that hurts my back more. Right. I'm doing like hollow hold core stuff. I'm doing like, uh, ghd extension holds i'm doing chest supported rows i'm doing some some bench press and stuff i'm doing you know like sled pull like things that don't hurt my back i'm still doing them it's like it's so easy like we even get people that call into our pt clinic that are saying like my back hurts so i don't want to come to pt today it's like 
what are you talking about? Yeah. That's why you come to PT because your yeah. back hurt. You don't come to PT when your back doesn't hurt. It doesn't even make sense. Like I can understand. It, I don't even understand when people say like, oh, I can't go to the gym. My back hurts. It's like if your back really hurts so bad that you can't move, then fine. But do something like, right? Like just sit, lay down on your back on a floor and do some diaphragmatic breathing. Right. Do some abdominal tightening. Do some glutes that you can do. Do some upper body, like stand and pull a band apart. Do something to keep moving because mm-hmm. the sedentary behavior is what really, really starts to make things go downhill for you. Um, and so that's kind of like my philosophy for myself now is like, even though my back hurts, like I've got to work through it. Cause like yeah. my back is going to hurt periodically in my life and I've just got to work through it, but I've got to be smart about it too. Like I said, and not just go crazy and right. hurt my back more, but I got to do things that, and now what do you know, start to do some stuff and you start to do some, introduce some rotations, some side bends, some core work back starts to feel better do some extension work back starts to feel better. So like, that's what it's about is, is, you know, finding what you can do. Yeah. And even if you need to modify a little bit, that's fine. Like, you know, like, Hey, I don't feel like going to do some yard work today. It's raining. Like go out and do a little bit. You know, it's like find something that you can do that. It's just like, the answer isn't zero. It's yeah. gotta be some, somewhere on that scale. And that's where the problem is. A lot of people view these view. Everything as like a dichotomous answer. Like, yeah. It's right. It's either yes or no, but it's usually like to what extent is it yes or no, right? So like maybe I can't go out and do a 90-minute a workout because like I can't do anything right now for 90 minutes without my back kind of being bothered. But I can definitely do 20. I can probably definitely do 30. I might even be able to do 40. And so let's yep. go find things that I can do for that period of time. And that's where I, I was like trying to figure it out in my mind where to draw the line, right? Because Goggins did some crazy stuff. Like he did the 220-miler. Yep. And I think on mile 140 i can't remember something something got fucked up in his like his kidneys failed or something and he like had to go to the hospital yeah but then the next day he said he felt fine and he went and finished it yeah and the race was like over but he like went back out on the trail i was like like, i don't know if like so so i call i call guys like goggins i call i call him a magnet leader yeah and the reason why i call him is like the goal is not to get to Goggins. It's to like get closer to Goggins. He's like a yeah. magnet. He's like the sun. If you get yeah. too close to him, he'll bur- you'll burn up. Yeah. Like not everyone is built to do what he does. Right. And and even though he says like I'm not special, anyone could do it. Not everyone is built for that. Life wise, they don't have the setup. They have you know certain circumstances. But the closer you get to him, the better off you're probably going to be. So that's kind of like these magnetic personalities. Find your version, I guess. Yeah, and and I don't want to call him like polarizing because like that's what that's what it'd be if it was negative but it's like in like a magnetic leader is someone like pulls them up to that level and so like certain people have that that influence and that's that's how i see guys at goggins it's like the goal isn't to like run through stress fractures in your shins it's like that's that's silly but that's goggins that doesn't have to be you but you could run until your legs aren't gonna run anymore and like you know don't quit after a mile just because like your legs are burning a little bit, like run that extra couple miles until you really, really can't go. And I love his philosophy of like that 40% phenomenon where he says, say you that. know, only 40%, we're only ever ca- capable of using 40% of our physical ability. So like the goal would be, I guess, to get closer to like 70, 80, 90, maybe you'll never get to hundred percent like Goggins, but like, you know, 70 is really good. Well, and also like he says, he's like, his goal was to be the hardest motherfucker alive. That's not necessarily my goal. 
So I don't know if we should be doing the same stuff. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's a good point. You got to like kind of match your goals with your actions. But like if you're tired of feeling the way you're feeling, just make a change. Cause it's, if you're tired feeling the way you're feeling, obviously that's hard and it's hard to make a change. Just make the change. You know, it's like yeah. both are hard. Just choose one. And I think that's kind of like the motto of this podcast for me is like, you know, you get, you just got to set out, do what you say you're going to do, put it on a calendar, set it in stone, make it non-negotiable. And then I think you'll have some success with, with these things. And that's the, another piece to it is I used to look at it like, well, it's not going to really benefit me if I go do this mile today. So I should just skip it. Right. Mm -hmm. But even if like, you know, it's like, what's, what's one, what's a mile? It's less about the physical benefits and more about the mental, right? Being able to carry through with what you said you're going to do and being able to do things when you don't want to do them like that. I think that is way more beneficial than, you know, like, like you should do 25 pushups every single day. Just do it. Yep. Cause you're going to wake up and do them. Is it like, Oh, this is how you get a big chest this is how you get way stronger. Might not really be like super beneficial in that area, yep. but it's you doing something beneficial for yourself that you said you would do. Exactly. Yep. I love that. I think that's a good way to wrap this one up. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I'd be interested if anyone in the comments would, would, uh, I guess, you know, comment on one of our IG posts when we post this, if any of you guys have had any of these mocktails, um, uh, shout them out. I'm interested in trying some more of these now because, yeah. uh, uh, obviously it's, it's kind of a cool, cool new phenomenon that's going on a little bit more. Um, so check them out. We're 